Welcome back to Voice Hugs, a podcast on becoming your best self and embracing all seasons of life with open arms. This is your host, Rowena and Vivian. Hello, hello, everyone. All right, Viv, I don't know about you, but I felt like I blinked. I literally blinked and it's 2022. This year, I feel like passed by so fast, but at the same time, so slow. Yeah. (laughs) And then I also blinked again and now I turned 30. (laughs) She celebrated her 30th birthday last week in Malibu. Yes. In Malibu, and Viv was there along with my friends from New York and even from childhood. It was a very, very beautiful trip. I felt very loved and supported. Of course, Rowena turning 30 means that she reflected a lot. (laughs) So I'm very excited about this episode because I'm also interested in hearing all the revelations and learnings you've come across over the past year because I felt like I'm sure many of you guys can relate as all the memes have already stated everyone's writing off 2021 which I a part of me wants to as well but I feel like there's always lessons learned and things that we can pull from like there's always silver lining no matter how great or no matter how quote-unquote bad a year was yeah definitely I feel like this year was quite hard to reflect on. And I think recording this podcast kind of forced me to sit down and really think about what the takeaway was this year, especially for me, it just felt very slow. For you, it was probably a double whammy of reflections, reflecting on the last decade of your life as you enter your 30s, and then just wrapping up this year. It was it was hard. There's a lot of resistance. (laughs) So we came up with 10 questions that we'll be answering in this episode that we felt like would help us reflect on the year. We wanted to keep it simple and quirky at the same time. We'll share these questions in the show notes with you guys. Feel free to follow along, pause as you listen, or use them as journaling prompts as you enter this new year. Yay! Shall we begin? Let's begin. I feel like your answer for the first question is amazing. So I'm just I'm just going <laughs> to ask you first. Describe your 2021 in three words, Viv. In my feels. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yes, I definitely felt like I was in my feelings this year, throughout the whole year. But real talk, the first word that I chose was challenging because I was in my feelings. And for me, someone who is very structured, very planned, and I like to be in control, being stuck in my feelings and not being able to move forward from it was very challenging and the theme of this year for me. The second word that I would use to describe this year was special. This year, I moved home with my parents. I had been living on my own for a couple of years, but with 2020 and the pandemic, it was an opportunity to move home. And so looking back now, I feel like it was a very special time in my life where I got to see them every single day. We had dinner together every day and It's so hard to come by that, you know, having all of my parents around as well. So it was special in that sense. And also I I got a dog. So that was a very precious, um, that was a very precious addition to our little family. And then the last word I chose is progress. So even though this year felt very unproductive when it comes to concrete, tangible accomplishments or goals being met, I felt like this 
quote, unproductive time was actually quite productive emotionally and internally, which is very necessary for progress. So those are my three words, challenging, special, and progress. I love it. Yeah, I feel like for most people, even for me, I relate to challenging, special, and progress. It hasn't been the easiest for many people. Mm -hmm. But despite that, because things are challenging, we're able to learn and grow, which means there's progress and which means is special nonetheless. So I love your three words. Thank you. I have a confession to make. I made James come up with these three words for me. (laughs) Wait, that's cheating. (laughs) After making my own video, I just couldn't, like my brain just hasn't really been working that much. But I feel like these three are great words. Because he just gave me the words. I kind of filled them out. Mm. The first one was expansive. I felt like I really stretched myself this year in ways that I haven't before. I think once you do something for a while, whether it's creating videos on YouTube, whether it's doing something at work, you get so comfortable doing it that it becomes comfortable. So to stretch beyond that, to stretch beyond my normal limits, it's like starting this podcast, starting a vlog channel growing my YouTube team potato to one additional person, even if it may not sound like much, is still really, really huge progress for someone who's like a slightly like control freak. <laughs> and then the second word is introspective. I reevaluate a lot. I question myself a lot, whether it's my purpose, whether it's my work, whether it's what I'm creating. There's a lot of downtime and I think downtime always leads to introspection or it can, it can or it cannot. And I think my downtime did allow me to be more introspective, which I think was great. And this brings us to the last word, which is inconsistent. (laughs) So whether it's with my work, whether it's with creating videos, whether it's with my energy, my social life, my mood, inspiration, lack of inspiration, my spiritual practice, I felt like this may have been one of the most inconsistent years. But as you said, Viv, I think there's beauty in inconsistency sometimes just allowing yourself to be and to lean into the feelings or to lean into just like listening and trusting your body if you need to rest i rested this year if my body told me to do something and to create i will create i guess being a lot more in tune truly in tune with myself so my three words are expansive introspective and inconsistent. (laughs) I'm so proud of you for starting a second channel and growing your team and also this podcast. I like I think a lot of times like we're really hard on ourselves and we expect a lot but like those are huge things that you did even if you grew your team to one. It's very difficult to lead a team and delegate and communicate and set milestones right and be on the same page so I feel like those are all great things that you should be really proud of it it was a very expansive year for you yeah and I have to thank you for helping me with the second vlog channel q3 and q4 every other week I'm like Viv should I do it Viv should I do it (laughs) (laughs) yes you should do it and you did it (laughs) and here we are yeah All right, so for the second question, we wanted to come up with something fun and interesting. If you had to describe your year as an animal, what would it be and why? You want to go first? I landed on a turtle. (laughs) To give some context, 2019, I was on hyper-focused, hyper-productive mode. I was doing all the things, reading all the books, all the self-help tools that I can 
hold on to. I was very intentional with my time spent, pretty much just hyper-focused on myself. And I think the best way to describe my 2021 year is the pendulum analogy where the higher you lift in one direction, the more power to swing up onto the other side that you will give it. So 2021 was me swinging full force into the opposite direction. I feel like 2020, I just blacked out. Like I just don't really remember that year. (laughs) I was about to ask about 2020. (laughs) Yeah, no, 2020 just doesn't count. I was in shock. So it, it went from 2019 to 2021 and now I'm swinging full force to the other side. When you try to fight the pendulum, you try to resist what is, I felt like in 2019, I was just doing, constantly doing instead of really leaning into what I was feeling. And so 2021, bringing it back here, this year felt so slow. I felt like I didn't do anything. Like when I look back to 2021, I'm like, what did I do this year? I feel like a lot of it was in my head or hiding in my shell. I didn't really feel connected to my friends either. It was just a very slow moving year because I went ham. So I think like a lot of the things that we tend to think about when we think of achieving things, it's all external, right? I did this thing. I read this many books. I did X, Y, and Z because we're not conditioned and we weren't raised and we're not taught how to measure the internal things. It's a lot easier to write it off as I didn't do anything when in reality, I felt like so much has shifted in your mental sphere that sometimes we just don't give ourselves credit for that. Yeah, it's hard to measure your feelings versus it's easy to count how many books you've read or how many days you've worked out in this month versus with your feelings, it's so complex. And sometimes even just naming your feelings is so hard. Whenever I look at a, a feelings wheel, a wheel of feelings, I'm like, wow, there's so many words to describe this feeling. I usually just say sad or stressed mm-hmm. or anxious, but there's so many, there's so much more that we're just not taught how to identify. My year as an animal which is hilarious, is uh, a hare. Because mm. I was just thinking, what is a very inconsistent animal? And then because I saw you already wrote turtle, I was just like, yes, turtle on the hare. I feel like I went ham in the beginning of 2021, riding off of end of year high. I'm not sure if you guys notice, but every end of year, my YouTube channel gets a lift because I think the content that I create, everyone wants to change their life. Everyone wants to be a better version of themselves at the beginning of the year. So I was riding off of that high. I was making a bunch of content, bounced off the walls. And then when you go that hard for that long, you burn out. (laughs) I basically hibernated for the rest of the year. Yeah, I just feel like so much happened this year, but also not much happened. And while Rowena from even 2020 would have been like, you didn't do enough, you rested too much, all the time you spent sleeping could have been spent working or, you know, creating something. This year it was just, okay, it's fine. If I need to do something, I'll do it. If I need to rest and if my body's telling me to rest, then I'll just rest. I think this is kind of like the catch-22 of personal development or working on yourself sometimes you focus so much on working on yourself and achieving in that area and like being super productive like it kind of takes away from the purpose of why these things exist like we forget why they exist they exist to help us live 
smoother lives, easier lives, maybe not easier, but definitely lighter, right? It helps us live lighter. We lose sight of the real reason why we're even pursuing any of these things, which is to really be happy and content and okay with yourself and to remind yourself that you're enough. So I think this year was a good reminder that you can know a lot of things, but it hits very different when you actually start living what you know. One quick question, how does a turtle representing your year make you feel? Uh, Part of me feels guilt Mm -hmm. and a part of me also feels shame. I think that's my natural response to quote being unproductive. But because I did learn a lot about just different ways to take care of yourself Thank goodness I did because I am aware of the process and trusting in that process. It was easier to remind myself, it's okay if you can't get out of bed today. It's okay if you didn't do anything this month. It's okay if you didn't talk to anyone this week because that's just where you are right now and it's temporary. It's not going to be forever. So yes, this year I might be a turtle. Like every year is different and that's okay. It's never. It's not going to be like this all the time. Hmm. Trusting the process. Trusting the process. Theme of 2021. Okay, so going off of that, reflecting on 2021, what was the single best thing that happened to you? I'll go first. The best thing that happened to me is Hometown Cha Cha Cha, which is a Korean drama. And I'm half joking. But a little synopsis of the drama for those who may not be interested in K-dramas or who have no idea what I'm talking about. It's honestly the most wholesome show I've ever seen. You have a girl from a big city from Seoul who moves into the seaside town who's a dentist. And you kind of see not only her, but all the character goes through a huge transformation of learning how to just be and to be happy with who they are, with what they have. It was exactly what I needed to watch in 2021. The show really showed me and encouraged me to slow down, to live lighter, and just to breathe more and that it's okay to breathe more. So long as I'm alive and breathing, there's always opportunity for me to improve and to do better. Being grateful of the little things and being okay with the slower seasons of my life because maybe that should be our normal. You know, I think we've become so conditioned to thinking, I need to be productive. I need to check off a thousand things every day. I need to do this and this. I need to work out. I need to eat healthy. I need to do yoga. I need to blah, 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 blah. When in reality, maybe it doesn't need to be like that. But I think at the end of the day, it's really up to us how we define what that life looks like for us. Yeah. This year specifically, that question came to mind a lot. This idea of simple living And how easy it is to actually enjoy life and the simple things in life. You can feel so much gratitude and feel good if you just sit back, slow down and identify some of these things and give it space, give yourself space to enjoy it. So I love that. I need a, I need, I should watch this show. (laughs) I think you would, I actually think you would really like this show. (laughs) Okay. I have to add it to my list for 2022. All right. So the single best thing that happened to me, getting Charlie, my puppy, I didn't grow up with pets. So I really didn't understand the dynamic between you and this new fur baby that you're responsible for. I feel like getting him taught me 
if anything, forced me to be present and really enjoy the simple things. Watching him go down the stairs for the first time or seeing him discover what strawberries are and figuring out what, you know, what he likes, what he doesn't like. And I, I don't know, it was just such a precious time. Like, for him, I would buy 10 different bags of treats, different proteins, different flavors, just so he can try them and see which one he likes the most versus I would never do that for myself. I would never buy 10 bags of chips and figure out, you know, which one I like. And so even just giving him that love reminded me of what kind of love I should give myself sometimes. And so I don't know, just getting a dog just taught me so much about being present enjoying the now like he's so happy to see you every time you walk into the room and you should feel that way about you know the people that you love in your life and yourself too i wish you guys can see how much viv just lit up talking about (laughs) charlie it was the sweetest thing i love my dog i'm so obsessed with him i used to judge my friends who had dogs and they would like revolve their life like their schedule around their dog and i never understood it and then i got charlie and i was like I get, I get it. it. <laughs> yeah. Aw, that is so sweet. But I feel like, yeah, we just don't do a lot of these things for ourselves. But then when you catch yourself doing it for someone else or someone you care about, you're like, oh, interesting. Yeah. It's just like a little light bulb, a little aha moment yeah. of like, oh, interesting. How come I, I don't do this for myself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Which difficult challenges did you meet instead of walking away from them? I think both of ours are the same in terms of it has to do with relationships and boyfriends. My boyfriend was the biggest challenge that I met this year. (laughs) I was the biggest challenge in my relationship. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay, what specifically in the context of your relationship was challenging for you this year? And I I know you mentioned yourself, yeah. so what part of yourself? The relationship itself wasn't challenging. If anything, it was a very beautiful, lovely year filled with lots of love and feeling supported and everything. The challenging part is you learn so much about yourself in a relationship that you can't really you access a part of you that you can't access when you're just by yourself working on yourself. And I feel like the more that I open up and the more that I lean into the relationship, the more that I'm learning that, oh, wow, I have these very interesting quirks. I tend to revert back to a child Mm -hmm. when I'm with people I'm really comfortable with, whether it's like my mom or like my closest friends. You've seen that side of me. James definitely sees that side of me. Just kind of navigating through this need for attention, this need for love. I think we all have that. Like baseline, we all want to be loved and appreciated. But learning how to communicate constructively of what I need and what it is that I feel is lacking. And I think really boiling everything down, the main thing that makes me feel some type of way is when like my love language is quality time. And this was the year that I realized it's actually not just quality time. It's about quality conversation. Mm. So you can take me out and do a thousand things and be so present with me. But if we're not talking throughout this adventure, I don't necessarily feel as quote unquote loved or my my love tank won't be as full as if you just sat me down and we're 
Like we can be at home, we can be at dinner, we can be anywhere, we can be walking to the grocery store, driving anywhere. And then we have like a meaningful, deep conversation. And that can mean many things, right? It can just be sharing, you know, childhood stories, sharing things that you're going through, being vulnerable, opening up, anything. Doing that, I think, is what I realized this year. Like, oh, okay, so this is what I need. Let me now just try to communicate that. Mm -hmm instead of like just harboring everything or keeping everything in, just like being able to be like, hey, this is what I realized. Take it or leave it. And then usually if you're in a good relationship where your partner is supportive and wants to grow with you, they'll be like, okay, great. How about we try this, this, and this? So yeah, I just feel like that was just a very long-winded way of saying learning how to really be in a relationship and growing from that in ways that I wouldn't have if I were just by myself. Yeah. Being in a relationship brings out this other side of you that <laughs> you think you've healed. You think you've read enough books to – you're like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm way past that. You know, <laughs> like these are all the things that I was – I did wrong in my last relationship. And the next one, I'm like a new person. It's not going to come out. And then mm -hmm. you enter the relationship and you're like, oh, shoot, like – I'm just as crazy. <laughs> like, I'm just as passive aggressive. I'm just as immature. And it's it's cool because the older you get, you know, and the more serious your relationship is, and if you're with the right person, you really feel the growth. Like, you really feel that, like, when you communicate these things, and it sounds like that was the case for you, when you actually get to know yourself and communicate those things to James – you'll end up having your needs met and that other side of you that might have felt chaotic will be more tempered if you're with the right person. So that's always reassuring too as you grow in a relationship that you're able to grow together. Yes. How about yours, Viv? What about your <laughs> boyfriend was challenging? So, was it actually your boyfriend? No. <laughs> so I think the relationship was challenging in a similar but different way. So in previous relationships, I didn't really ever think about my own needs and the importance of figuring out what that was, figuring out your priorities, and then communicating it to your partner so that your love tank will be filled. I just, that wasn't something that I thought about. After I was single, I was spending all this time working on myself. I was like, okay, I'm ready for the next relationship. I know what I want now. I know what my needs are. And so for some reason this year, I thought that now that I know myself, I'm going to communicate it to this person. They're going to get it and we can move on from there and my needs will all be met. <laughs> I had to learn the hard way that communicating your needs is literally the first step. That's not the final destination. I think like with love languages, it's something that you mention a lot where you want to show someone love based on how they receive love in order for them to feel it, right? And similarly, I didn't realize that my communication style, that's important too, to be flexible and adapt to how someone likes to be communicated with. So for example, I will use words like in my vocabulary, like you never do this. You always say that. Mm -hmm. And that's not true, mm -hmm. right? And so I had to learn that when I use that black and white language, it kind of like shuts him down. Mm -hmm. Also things like 
for me, I like to solve things right away. If there's conflict or if there's something that's bothering me, I want to talk about it immediately. And learning that for other people who are different from you because you are two completely different people, (laughs) they might need some space or time to process or cool down before having that conversation. Hmm. What you're talking about just now about communication and needing time it's, it reminds me of just attachment styles. And it's something that James and I talked about a lot this year too, where I tend to be more avoidant. So the opposite of you. Mm -hmm. And then we always (laughs) joke all the time that James and Vivian are literally the same person when it comes to being a bit more anxious. As you said, it's like learning how to communicate that to be like, hey, I realize I tend to be like this more and I want to solve things because X, Y, and Z. I see that you tend to need your space when we have these types of conversations or like if we run into conflicts, how much space do you really need just so I can calibrate my expectations that you're not leaving me and that you it's not that you don't love me, more so you're just taking time to really figure out and to cool down before coming back into the conversation so the conversation can be constructive versus just emotionally charged. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And this is what James says a good amount. I think he got it from the School of Life, which is a podcast or a book. The most important thing a couple can do is to learn how to fight, not to like physically fight, but to learn how to be able to communicate differences or things that they may be unhappy with or conflicts and how to resolve that. I think it actually is really, really important. Like I think this year we both learn the importance of communication. for sure. So along the lines of that, of things that we've learned and are trying to get better at, The next question is, which habit were you 1% better at every day? I don't think it was necessarily something I actively focused on every day, but it's similar to what we've been talking about, trusting the process and allowing myself to feel the harder, heavier feelings without judging that process was something that I think was difficult but I think at the end of the year I really do feel like I leaned into that yeah and I think that definitely is something you need to keep working at because there are days where you wake up and there's so much resistance or you just don't want to yeah like I don't trust it yeah that I do but I should but I don't but I should (laughs) yeah it feels uncomfortable when you don't have control at least for me it feels very chaotic and I get anxious but I really do think that 2022 is going to be a balance between 2019 and 2021 for me. I'm glad that I let myself feel and sulk and just be and live as hard as it was. It was very necessary. How about yourself? There wasn't a specific habit like drinking more water, making my bed. It wasn't as concrete as that. It was more so learning how to communicate better, whether it's with my team, with my friends, with James, even with myself, like how to be nicer and kinder and to be more patient. And then another huge part is learning how to be more process driven. Just over time, I've learned to chill out a lot and go with the flow and to be less of a planner because I just realized in life you need to be more flexible. For as much as I try to plan, 10 times out of 10, it doesn't go according to plan. (laughs) 
So I leaned a bit too far. My pendulum swung a little too far to the Myers-Briggs P of perceiving of like going with the flow that this year it swung back a bit to the J side, not, not going all the way to the extreme to where I was, but like it did swing back to the J side where I'm trying to be a bit more structured, especially when it comes to managing my team, running sprints and meetings on a weekly basis, setting OKRs, taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture. It really is the small steps you take every day that ultimately leads to big changes over time, which is kind of where we got the inspiration for this question from Atomic Habits. Even if it's not something as concrete as you may want, if you really think back to your year, you'll probably be able to find at least one or two things where you were 1% better at every day. I think in a way you change the culture of your business. Mm -hmm. And I think you can definitely see that in your Notion, like your Notion (laughs) workspaces. I hopped in in January, right? So like I was exposed to what you had started with and then now seeing Mm -hmm. all the little things that you built to organize your team and your work, it's actually really cool to look back on that progress Mm -hmm. and This year, you really did plan a lot more ahead in advance. So I'm proud of you. Great job. Thank you. And for some context, Viv helped me with my channel throughout 2019 and even 2020. Mm -hmm. So she's she's been with me for for a while, (laughs) work-wise, but also, of course, friendship-wise too. (laughs) It's really cool to see how much you've grown and how much your channel has grown and changed. Thanks, Viv. Yeah. So the next question is something that I recently flipped across, chanced upon again in my journal. If you had to break down how you spent your time this year into a pie chart, what would the breakdown look like? Most specifically in your mind. So I drew a little pie chart maybe around 2012 or 2013 of what consumed my mental capacity And I would say 98% of what I thought about was trivial things, like absolutely trivial things of, oh my God, who is my boyfriend following? Oh my God, who's this girl and why is he following her? Is she a high school classmate or did he like meet her at a bar recently? You know, just you just go down these really trivial mental rabbit holes And so 98% of my time was spent doing that. Mm -hmm. 2% of my time was spent thinking about life and meaning and my place in this world and what I wanted to do. I came back to that chart and drew right next to it maybe two years later. And it went from 98% to about like 70, 75%. It was still kind of spent on trivial things. The rest of it, 20, 25% was spent on more life questions, pondering, thinking about how I can be a better person, how I can make a world a better place. Mm-hmm. I would say now, these days, what I think about the most, it's a lot of work stuff. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, my work is kind of tied to myself and how I can better myself and how I can help people and help the world in different ways. I would also say because a good chunk of my mental capacity is spent thinking about work, maybe a little too much, maybe even like 90%, that the rest of it is kind of feeling guilty that so much of my time is being consumed by this 
where I know that more of my time should be spent on exploring myself, reflecting, just doing more spiritual things. What does spending your time on spirituality mean to you? Like what are specific things that you would do for 2022? What that looks like in practice, it's a bit abstract because it's not as tangible. I think the things that I can do is meditate more, is to read the spiritual texts more, which are all things that will help me get in a more reflective Mm -hmm. state. Mm -hmm. Mentally, when I'm the most at peace and the most connected, like I can stub my toe and then I'll be like, oh, nothing happens by chance. The universe is trying to teach me a lesson. What thought did I just have for me to stub my toe? Mm -hmm. Maybe that wasn't the best thought I should be having, right? So I think it's like in my most grounded and connected state, that is kind of what's going through my mind mm-hmm. versus I think these days and for most of 2021, it's not as grounded, it's not as connected, it's not as still. To me, I ideal state is like my mind is like a still pond of water. This year was like tsunamis. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you think of work, it's like, oh my God, this video and like views and oh, like this is doing well. This one's, oh my God, this one's not doing well. Like, what can I do? How can I improve? Oh my God, what about next week's video? What about next month's video? What about OKRs? And oh my God, I'm not, I'm not hitting them or I am hitting them. It's just like, there's so much noise. Yeah. But I am glad looking back to my journals compared to then, if we're comparing then to now, I'm thinking about, more meaningful things yeah. which is good <laughs> yeah i think it's it's at the end of the day it's just perspective everything really is just perspective what about you viv for myself okay so in your recent youtube video you mentioned like nitpicking james part of this year as i've mentioned was being in my feels but i was very resistant towards it i would go back and forth between being in my feels and being in my head and just thinking about, you know, the little things that my boyfriend is doing that maybe bugs me. I'm like, wait, it's probably more a me thing of just wanting to be in control. And so what I should be doing is staying in the uncomfortable feeling and really listening to what those things mean, which relates to the next question, which is what are you most (laughs) resistant towards in 21? Um, Something that I watched recently was this short docuseries on Netflix called Explained and I think it's specifically on the mind. I forgot which episode it was on but it mentioned that distraction is a way to avoid existential anxiety. Mm-hmm. Humans are fundamentally pretty ambivalent about being free. So on the one hand, we always say that, oh, I want to be free. I want to be light. I want to live, you know, freer. But when we actually have that time and that space and we really are free, it feels metaphorically like we don't have gravity. So as a result, we build all these rules, structures, that feeling of being free, it often feels like loss of control. And for me, that chaos was very internal this year. And so although I fully recognize that it was time to stop running away from my feelings, it was still something that I resisted. But like you mentioned earlier, sometimes you need to have that break or that unfocused time to reflect and to connect with the more subtle elements of who you are. And I had a lot of unfocused time this year. (sighs) We all needed some time. (laughs) 
I think for my main resistance, I talked about this on my channel. I'm going to plug my own YouTube. If you guys haven't watched it yet, the 2021 reflections video, the main thing that I was resistant towards this year was work and creating content. It truly was an uphill battle, but I think I worked through it. The TLDR is I think I've in some way outgrown the type of content that I've been creating for a long time, which is mostly just productivity and self-care. And it just, I was in a weird place where I felt like I had to keep creating the same types of content because that's what I'm known for. Or that's what I think quote unquote gets the views. But when I reached the end of the year, I just kind of realized, well, a question I asked myself was, what are you put on this earth to do? That just completely reshifted everything for me because I'm not put here to create content that I think people want to watch or to continue creating content that I may have grown from already. It's to create from my heart and to help people through whatever direction it goes. It was actually a very freeing and a very liberating thought to have. Mm -hmm. I'm staying true to myself, but still being able to help people in ways that I can, you know, it's like instead of talking about productivity, I can talk about social media. Mm -hmm. Instead of talking about self-care, I can talk about, I don't know, self-care from another angle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think what it comes down to on a spiritual like level is that what's meant to be created will be created at the right time. And I feel that way about the podcast too. Sometimes we plan to record and things fall through. And so it's like this lack of control and like thinking that it has to be a certain way or this this process has to be a certain way. But I remind myself that at the end of the day, when the time is right, when you create what you're supposed to create, it will come out in the way that it's supposed to. And to trust that that will be the impact that needs to be made, whether you get to experience the results of it or not. I like to remind myself that when I feel like I don't know what's going on, I just ask the universe to use me in whatever capacity to do good and just trust in that. Hmm. I love it. Whatever you create, I think you will make the impact that it is supposed to make and will make. Thank you. Okay. Next question is describe your favorite slash fondest memory from this year. Why was it your favorite? My favorite memory of this year was seeing how my parents interact with Charlie. Mm. I think it's probably similar to when you have children and then your parents become grandparents. Seeing how playful they were with Charlie and how fun and loving and how much they spoiled him it brought me back to childhood. And I, I mean, my parents aren't playing with me nowadays, you know, like they're not, I'm like an, a grown ass <laughs> adult. And so the conversations are different. The tone is different, but seeing how they interacted with Charlie, it almost made me flash back to what my parents were like with me. And it felt very reminiscent and nostalgic. And I saw them in a different light because I'm an adult watching them interact with a child now versus that's how they interacted with me and it made me appreciate them so much more being able to experience that this year. Very similar, like, actually very different, but also within this similar vein. I think my favorite memory for this year is being able to spend as much time with my family. One of my cousins got married in September. We all came together for the first time in a while. 
And then it was Thanksgiving, all the cousins showed up, all the parents showed up. And I just remember being at my cousin's house, it used to be my grandparents' home. It's the home that we would always go to for all the holidays. Being there in the backyard, doing like a little potluck barbecue, seeing everyone together. That feeling, I don't, I don't there's no words. No mm-hmm. words can describe this feeling of when you experience something that you've had since you're young, but from another perspective. Yeah. As you said, like kind of like an adult. You see your parents are older. You see that you're all older. You see your cousin's significant others who now you've grown to know and love as a part of your family. My dad came back from Taiwan for the first time in like two years. Seeing him there, him meeting James, like that was such a beautiful day and moment when I just was so present looking around and being like, wow. Ah, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to grow up and grow old with family and parents and all of that. It's like the little things that I feel like I really took for granted when I was younger. Maybe we all do, you know, just because you live in such proximity or anything like that. But anyway, second to last question. If you could go back in time to January 1st of 2021, knowing all that has happened and the lessons you've learned, What advice and reminders would you give your one year younger self? So along the lines of family, if I was to go back knowing everything that has happened or yeah, has played out in this year, I would tell myself to really appreciate the... It's okay, babe. I love you. Thank you. I would tell myself to... Wait, hold on. I would tell myself to appreciate the time that I had with my parents. It's so easy to take anything and everything for granted, especially relationships with people who you've known your entire life right it's like you sometimes show your ugliest side to your mom because she's still going to be your mom and she's still going to be there and I think like knowing everything that has played out this year and just hardships that my family has had to deal with in the last few weeks I would tell myself to really be present in all of those conversations even the really difficult one like I'll be honest it wasn't it wasn't easy living with my parents and even though I tried to remind myself to be present it was still challenging when you're trying to do your own thing and you want to grow in your own ways and you you know have your parents there you kind of revert to this other side of you that you don't like all the time but yeah I think to have a more positive perspective and just appreciate their presence is something that something I wish I or something I wish I practiced throughout the year of living with them. To give context, I also moved out at at the end of the year. So I no longer live with my parents. So that is partly why I also wish I appreciated that time a little bit more. But you're still near your parents. I'm still near them. So Mm -hmm. I I, I still see them. (sighs) Are you okay? Yeah, this just happens randomly throughout the day. It's okay. I feel like it's our 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 body and our our spirit's way of being like 
You got this. You're human and you're doing great. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm just relearning a little off topic. I'll answer this question in a sec, but just relearning the importance of presence because I feel like I have been so not present within the past few months that it is precisely what is building the resistance that's boiling in my body. So yeah, I think it is a it is a great reminder. What is one lesson? Okay, what advice would I give my one year younger self? I think I would tell her to trust her gut more and to allow herself to breathe more sooner. I started slowing down posting and just like not being as hard on myself towards the end of the year, so maybe around September. And that was when I kind of realized I've been chasing views and numbers more than I have been creating meaningful content in a way that makes me feel fulfilled, which was what contributed to all like the turbulence and the noise and the tsunamis in my head. I would just say to be more present (laughs) so that you can know that you may be chasing the things that you never sought out to chase to begin with Mm -hmm. so that you can slow down and take more breaks so that you could have maybe possibly came to the realization sooner that you can just create what you want to create and it's totally fine. But I also trust the process <laughs> in knowing that things take time and there's a divine plan for everything. But yeah, I would just tell her to, it's okay to slow down and to just take breaks more earlier in the year. Yes, prevent the burnout. <laughs> the goal of 2022. <laughs> no burning out, no swinging too hard. On the pendulum. No. No No more. (laughs) This brings us to our final question slash statement. What is an intention or reminder that you want to take with you walking into 2022? Go ahead, Viv. For myself, it is to not take the simple things in life for granted. The very, very simple things of being able to walk and talk and breathe and eat you know like those simple things I think health is wealth so well that was something that I learned in recent weeks health is wealth and so I think to not take your life for granted the way it is today I love that my intention for 2022 is to stay connected with myself and my spirituality and to let that guide every move I the end (laughs) the universe has got your back be bold and the mighty forces will come to your aid Mm. all right so this brings us to the end of our 2021 reflections (laughs) Woo! the resistance was real but we made it to the end rowena we did it. We did it. We literally, I, sorry, not we, I delayed recording this for at least two weeks. No, like three weeks. Granted, I think we both got a little bit, we got a little bit under the weather and end of year is always wild times, yes. but we did it. I'm proud of us. And I'm excited for you guys, for anyone who's listening to answer the questions that we came up with and share them with us. You can DM us at voice hugs podcast or you can email us at hello at voice hugs podcast.com you can also 
share any suggestions, feedback, any questions that you would like for us to answer for future episodes. Wishing everyone a beautiful, beautiful new year ahead to a healthy, grounded, non-pendulum, swinging to extremes, balanced, present 2022. See you in the next one. Voice hugs. Voice hugs. Happy new year. Bye, friends. Bye.